If you're ready to create more wealth and success in your life than ever before, this podcast is for you. Robert Allen, New York Times bestselling author and real estate investing expert, has helped thousands of people learn how to accumulate wealth and multiply it quickly through real estate investing. If you're ready to move forward faster and create the wealth you've always dreamed about, then we have exactly what you need on No Money Down with Robert Allen. Robert Allen, how are you doing? Good to see you, everybody. Marjorie, <laughs> so good to be here with you again. I know, super excited. <laughs> We're in a new studio. Isn't that cool? So um, we've been getting so many questions about like your career and have you been investing so much? And people want to know exactly how did Robert Allen go from like evaluating properties all the way to closing and all of, and all of these amazing deals. So the first question that I've got for you is like, yeah. when you're evaluating a, a property, um, what are some of the things that you look at to evaluate the quality of that property? Well, you're, first you wanna evaluate the, the, whether it's a good deal or not. And you can do that on the telephone. You really don't need to look at the property. And I, I, I really encourage people not look at the property, <laughs> you know, because it's a waste of time most of the time you know, the highly motivated sellers, maybe one in 10, maybe one in 50. So if you're looking at 50 properties and you're really getting discouraged, that's probably why. So you want to ask some questions on the telephone. You know, what's the location and what's the condition and what's the price and what are the, what are the financing things? What are you looking for? Just to get some basic information and you can do a quick evaluation on the telephone, whether it's a property you want to look at or not. But if you do go look at it, then, then you're going to walk inside and you're going to verify what the seller has told you on the phone. Now, the realtor may have explained it to you. Sometimes you work with realtors and so you can talk to a realtor on the phone or you can go into realtor's office, but you don't have to physically inspect the property until you know it's a, it's a possibility of being a good deal. And people get really discouraged these days, especially since you put an offer on a property, you know, and then there's 10 other people put an offer at the same time and it and you're bidding the price up, and that's gonna end, by the way. That's gonna end. As these interest rates start going up and up and up, that's gonna squeeze off the demand for real estate. And who knows, it might be six months from now, a year from now, or the market will start to cool a little bit because of that. And so you'll have less and less competition. But what we're trying to get to is saving you time. So now, if, if it does seem like a, a good deal where the seller is flexible, has got a reason that they need to sell, then you, when you walk in, you're gonna walk in as if you were a builder, somebody who is an architect. I mean, you're not an, uh, an architect, you're not a builder, most likely, but you're going to just notice what an ordinary person would notice. You know, you walk in, you're gonna look at the carpets. How does the carpet look? You know, do you look at the walls? Are there any spots on the walls? Any stains, uh, water stains on the ceilings? Uh, you're going to check, you flush all the toilets, you turn on all the faucets. You're just going to pretend like you really know what you're doing. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, going through each of the rooms and as if you were living in the house. As if, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, most people are not experts at this, mm -hmm. but th they can bring in an expert later. Mm -hmm. You don't want to waste an expert's time for them to come in and evaluate the, if it's a good property or not until you know it's a property that you can buy. So in your contract is where you're gonna put that. So first you're gonna pretend like you're an expert and you'll walk through and you'll notice all the problems and, and it's okay to notice all the problems. You're, they expect you to notice that. They expect you to pick out some of the problems that they are not willing to tell you about. When it gets to the contract, they have to reveal 
things that they know about the property that are not obvious. Oh, wow. Well, they have to notify you. Because mm -hmm. if they don't, then the contract can be voided or eventually could be a long-term lawsuit. So oh. they have to tell you the truth eventually. But right now, it's just a, a practice, right? You're going to go in and you're going to look and uh, you'll look through the, the whole thing. You look up in the, up in the attic if need be. You're essentially saying to yourself, does this seem to me as a person who's not an expert that this is a property that's in sound condition? And if you notice some problems, that's, that's good. You want, you want it pointed out to the seller. That's why, right. why is this? Or the realtor, if the realtor's showing mm -hmm. you. Why is this? Why is that? What are they going to do about this? What are they going to do about that? But the bottom line is you want to write an offer where you win and the seller feels like that they are solving their, their financial problems. And you're going to write an offer based upon your initial inspection. And uh, you may not be an expert, but you can put it into the contract subject to the inspection of this property. And of course you can hire a property inspection company Ooh. for just a few hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. They'll come through and do all the nitty gritty detail that you are not an expert at. And it's worth every penny because what's gonna happen was that property inspection company is gonna dig out the problems with the water heaters and the, maybe the possibility for the roof, the, she, the, sh the shingles on the roof. And they're gonna notice from their expertise, what the problems are, and they're gonna actually tell you what it's gonna to cost to bring it up to speed. So in a sense, the property inspection, it's terrible for a seller. <laughs> and you know, it used to be that the property inspection companies were not as prevalent as they are today, but now it seems like everybody wants one. Right. <laughs> and they got some of the strangest things. <laughs> and sometimes this could be great in negotiation. First of all, mm -hmm. it can be my property inspection company, there's a special report. They've taken pictures of everything. Here's a pictures of the problems with the, the water heater. And there's a picture of you know, the, the leaks on the, the ceiling where the water leaked. And, and they, they've proven it to you. Now the seller has to look at that and they have to go, how do we solve this problem? It's going to be $5,000 to fix all these things. I need to either lower the price or, you know, the seller might say, sorry. You know, they're, everybody's competing and they're willing to buy it as is. At least you know what the problem is before you go through. Suppose you won the bid, you won and then they, they bought your offer, but you still want to protect yourself. So you pay the extra money, yep, you do. And sometimes you might even bring in a, a builder or somebody who, you know, if you're planning on knocking down a wall or you're doing some fix up, eventually you'll have a team of people who will come in and look for you. But this is after the offer has been accepted. The offer is, you know, what they've accepted isn't final. It means that it's still open to negotiation if you wrote that it's subject to the inspection of your, my inspection company that I'm going to select, uh, subject to the inspection of my business partner, my partner who was maybe going to fund, fund the deal, you know, and others, my partner helps put some of the money in the down payment. They also so need to have a say. They, they need That's to have a say. Sure. So what's powerful about this subject too, is that you put an earnest money to sign up the offer to, to buy it. Earnest money means you have to commit some money to risk. And it depends on what the realtor asks for. Sometimes if there's a bidding war for the property, they want to have, you know, 20,000, 50,000, you know, a big, a big oh, wow. <laughs> earnest money. And of course, this is money at risk. Mm -hmm. And you, don't, you do not want this. You want as low as earnest money as you can. But sometimes you're forced to come up with some money. And so this earnest money means that you are committing and risking and making this offer subject to the things that are in the contract. The realtor hates subject twos. <laughs> 
The realtor feel, doesn't want any subject oh. twos. They, because what the subject two means is it's not really final. Mm-hmm. And that the earnest money isn't hard. That the earnest money is still loose. And that if the subject two, you know. Turns out negative. It, it comes out negative. Ooh. Then the <laughs> earnest money can be returned to you. In other words, in a sense, what the most beginners don't really understand is there is no risk for committing earnest money if a subject to gives you an out. And if your partner comes through and looks at it and says, no, I didn't like this property. I don't like this neighborhood. You know, no, don't want this one. Then by writing a rejection, the partner rejects the offer, rejects the property. We must return our earnest money. And so if the earnest money is kept at a uh, title company, an escrow company, then the escrow company reads the contract, says that it's subject to this partner who says that he must sign off on it. If the partner doesn't sign off, then the escrow company is required to give you your money back. Right. So most beginners are really afraid of that, but there's, there's no risk. So they, basically you can make a risk-free offer if there's some subject twos in there. One other subject two you wanna to add to your offer, we we're kind of talking about the whole big picture <laughs> all at once, is you want to write your name and or assigns. What that means is you'll put your real name in or whatever Mm -hmm. business name you want to use, and then you'll write and slash or assigns, Mm A-S-S-I-G-N-S. That means that if you make this offer Mm -hmm. and it is accepted by the seller, then you and or whomever you assign this contract to could close on this contract as if they were you. So, so it's kind of like giving them the power to do so, even it, if you were not present. It gives present them a the short-term time. option. So say you, you wrote, uh, I'll give you cash mm-hmm. in six, 60 days, you know, and uh, you'll get all cash, but you don't have any cash. Oh. You just have enough money for the earnest money. Mm-hmm. If you have a partner who wants to buy this property and wants to, and you can flip it to them, you could mm-hmm. literally wholesale it to them. You could say, I bought the property, it's worth 300. The sellers accepted my offer at 275. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give me $5,000 cash, then you can be my assigns. Mm-hmm. I'll assign this paper to you. Mm-hmm. I literally, I'm, I'm gonna give this paper to you. You close on this deal. You bring because in the cash like the you money. said you would. Right. You're responsible for the earnest money. Mm-hmm. And if there's, if the money gets lost, it's your responsibility, mm-hmm. Mr. Assignee or Mrs. Mm-hmm. Assignee. And therefore, th- this is called wholesaling. And when you wholesale, you find a deal, you tie it up, meaning sign a contract right. to it. You find a seller you could flip it to before ever owning it. Uh, one of my, <clears throat> one of my, my close good friends was serious into fixing up real estate and had a dozens of properties under construction when a hurricane came through and destroyed his properties. Yeah, oh, no. and set him back a year. He lost millions of dollars. It really would put him upside down. And yet he said, well, the next time, if I'm gonna do real estate again, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it in such a way that I never risk. Therefore, he says, I find the deal, I tie it up, I don't buy it, oh. I don't close on it. I don't fix it up. I don't do anything. I just turn it over to another person who does all that stuff, who wants to do all that stuff. I buy it wholesale. I sell it to them on a mini wholesale price. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got a good deal and right. they can still make more money if they continue 
the process of fixing up. But he already made it enough. He already like made his from, money. He made his yeah. five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, thousand dollars imagine piling so many different deals that you're just buying a portion he of does yeah 10 deals a month like Oof. that you know and so the bottom line is <laughs> i'm trying to teach our, our our buyers here is you need to find the deal you need to evaluate the deal you need to physically inspect the deal you need to have a property inspection company review your inspection to make sure that you're not making a mistake uh, you need to renegotiate the deal if the seller is willing to accept your subject twos and is willing to lower the price, and the or is willing us. to give up a concession. Mm -hmm. For example, when you're, when you're negotiating and renegotiating, by coming back to them, you're basically saying, here's what the property inspection company has told me. They want $8,000 to fix this up. Mm -hmm. I would like an $8,000 credit at the closing. Mm -hmm. And they go, absolutely not. <laughs> You're gonna buy it as is. And you go, thank you. What about me, you agreed to carry some financing, didn't you? And the, and the interest rate was 8%. Would you lower it to 6% for the three years where we're carrying the financing here so that I get a little bit of a concession? Mm -hmm. So when you ask for a hard thing up front, usually they will retreat to a lower concession. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of asking for a hard concession because it usually require, it really it results in some benefit to you. So even though you might be willing to pay the $8,000, mm -hmm. at least you know it's there. You're not right. surprised by it. But then you say, seller, I want you to pay for it. And they go, heck no. Then but you at go, the same time, you never know. Maybe they could say, okay, I really want to get rid of this yeah, house. Then you could say, I'm having a little challenge coming yeah. up with the final finance. So give me another two weeks. Ooh. So in other words, you're asking for a little concession. When they take away something from you, mm -hmm. they got to give you something back. See, that's just, it's just a matter of negotiation. Equality. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we've gone through the process where you finally got them to sign a contract, sign their name. By mm -hmm. signing their name, they now are, are legally bound to follow whatever they agreed to do. Mm -hmm. And if they agreed to sell it to you and you had subject twos in there, that means that you are legally allowed to bow out of that offer or stay in and complete the, the, the requirements of the, of the subject yeah. too. But now you have a time frame where you have locked the price in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes other people who are in the bidding war, mm -hmm. if you know who happens to find out who they are, <laughs> you could say to them, hey, you know, I've, I've, I won the bid, but if you want to close in my place, give me $5,000 and it's yours. And it's interesting because you're also using them as your network of future investors into that one property that you just Exactly. On. Yeah. And eventually you will build up, as you're explaining, a list of people who are looking for deals. Mm -hmm. And that's who you would go to. You would say, I've, I've got the property. It's all tied up. It's ready to go. Let's go look at it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and they drive by it. They like it. They go, yeah, it is. How much is it? Well, it just happens to be about $10,000 more than what the contract. Already close. And you can tell them. You can say, I did yeah. the work. I found the deal. I tied it up. My, my finder's fee is five, eight, nine, 10, 12, 30, 40, 50. You know, it depends on how low the deal is, how good right. the deal is. And um, one of my students flipped a property like that for $15,000. Another one of my students just recently flipped it for like $17,000 oh, on wow. a property that they didn't even the own. And he just flipped the document, right? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Just so, by flipping the paper. That's it. So, <laughs> the, the, you know, we, we have what I call results generating activities. Mm -hmm. That means you can go look at real estate. That doesn't generate a result. It only generates a result if you get a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to write an offer. And if you write an offer, they more than likely will come back. And they'll, they'll say, hell no, <laughs> or no, <laughs> no way. Or they'll, if, they, if they do, you'll say just, well, then write me the counteroffer and say, you're willing to accept what? What are you willing to accept? Just tell me. And give me that written counteroffer. You want them to get a, a written counteroffer. Like, I know, I reject your first offer, but I will accept this second offer. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you're now in a negotiation. But until that time, you don't have a result that would generate or an activity would, that would generate a result. Mm -hmm. The result you want is a yes or a no. And if you haven't got a yes or a no, you haven't done enough. Mm -hmm. So most people will, they'll spin their wheels. They'll read books, they'll go to seminars, they'll go look at some properties, they'll, they'll sign up for some classes, they'll, they'll get a, a process of how to evaluate real estate around the United States. It's 100 bucks a month for mm -hmm. evaluating properties. They'll spend all this money, but they won't go to the final step. And Go for that, the deal. Yes. I got to get a, a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to write an offer because they're afraid that they're going to get caught. Somehow it'll be, they, they, they'll, they'll pay too much or, oh, no. or they'll, the, the seller will take advantage of them. Remember, when you write an offer with a subject to clause, mm -hmm. you, there's no risk. So if there's no risk, why wouldn't you write 100 offers? <laughs> really? really right. Seriously. Why wouldn't you write 100 offers? You got 100, 100 no's. Especially because like you do have those protections within the contract that allow you to just get out of there if you don't want exactly. to have that deal or not. So um, beginners, don't be afraid. Write offers. Be rejected. It doesn't hurt. Because every once in a while they'll say yes. If they say yes, then you have an, a real opportunity to profit because somebody's looking for deals right now. That's right. They've got Fortune 500 companies that are looking for real estate deals. And, buying up 100 houses, packages at a time. You got individual investors all over the country. There's so much money chasing so many deals. The hardest thing is to find deals. When you find a deal and you tie it up, money's waiting for you. And you never know, like, because you could have these many hundreds of no's, but that one, yes, could truly change your life. Then again, thank you so much, Robert. And thank you to our audience for staying with us in this episode. We're gonna see you on the next one to see part two to take your property all the way to closing. See ya. Hey!